This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Strengthening Taiwan's ability to defend itself itself is a, quote, urgent task. Those are the words of a top U.S. official at a Senate hearing calling out China's increasingly aggressive posturing. The U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill that authorized a total of $768 billion for national defense programs. Jaime Ocon reports. Exchanges like these between the Chinese and the Taiwanese Air Force are becoming the norm. Only nine days into December, and already 23 Chinese fighter planes have entered Taiwan's air defense zone. Tensions between the two countries are at their highest in decades, and Taiwan's national defense minister has said that China would be capable of mounting a full-scale invasion by 2025. The United States is going to take every action that we can take from the point of view of both deterrence and diplomacy to make sure that the Taiwan scenario you just described never happens. The U.S. has increased its defense budget to $768 billion dollars with more than $7 billion dedicated to a Pacific Deterrence Initiative. This would mean more destroyers, missile defense systems, F-35s and other military assets, all aimed at securing the Indo-Pacific region and deterring Chinese aggression. But there was no direct mention of Taiwan in the 18-page U.S. document. Instead of always having to read between the lines, Taiwan is looking for something more tangible from its allies. U.S. Congress has recently made a suggestion that Taiwan be invited to participate in the Rim of the Pacific Military Exercise, the largest group of military drills in the world, which include countries like the U.S., Japan, and China. But until Taiwan is actually invited, it's focused on bolstering its own resources. It's a kind of a self-help uh, system. So actually, we should uh, uh, demonstrate our resolution on defending ourselves. So recently, uh, military budget has increased. Self-help is something Taiwan is all too familiar with, but it's also aware that it will need its allies to counter Chinese aggression. Kamashu and Hameokan for Taiwan Plus. In just a few hours, the inaugural Summit for Democracy will kick off officially in the U.S. Taiwan is among the 110 countries invited to the virtual event. On the agenda is how democracies can challenge authoritarianism, fight against corruption and stand up for human rights. Bing Wang has more. Taiwan's invitation to the U.S. Summit for Democracy is being hailed as a huge milestone for the country of 23 million people. The inaugural summit hosted by the Biden administration will be attended by Taiwan's digital minister, Audrey Tang, and its representative to the U.S., Xiaomei Qing. Although the summit is virtual, it will focus on what it calls the greatest threats faced by democracies today, including authoritarianism, corruption, and human rights violations. Taiwan's foreign minister, Joseph Wu, says the invitation alone is significant. Digital Minister Audrey Tang is due to share a pre-recorded message and sit on a panel titled Countering Digital Authoritarianism and Affirming Democratic Values. With Taiwan having only 15 diplomatic allies, the country hopes this conference will lift its international standing and show the world that Taiwan is an indisputable force for democracy. 
Damien Lin and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. I spoke to Digital Minister Audrey Tang about her participation in the forum and what Taiwan had to offer. Counter the pandemic with no lockdown, and counter the infodemic, the disinformation crisis with no takedowns, are really um, what some European parliamentarians who visited us mm -hmm. called as a gold mine. Mm -hmm. uh, that the world uh, who are facing the same challenges can learn from the Taiwanese people and the social sector. And this forum provides the perfect platform for these ideas to also resonate with other democracies who are facing with pretty much the same challenges. And what Taiwan strategies will you be promoting to the US and other big democracies? And do they need to be tailored in any way? Well, I believe that democracies around the world are now seeing uh, what Taiwan have seen in 2016 when we classified for the first time the investment in digital public infrastructure. Mm -hmm as public infrastructure. Prior to that, infrastructure money and budget were allocated mostly for concrete things like buildings made out of concrete. Uh, but actually, after that, we now say, no, the digital equivalent of museums, of public libraries, of town halls, of university campuses, and so on, are every bit as worth investing as their concrete uh, counterparts. For if we do not invest in the digital commons, the citizens in a democracy will be kind of forced to take their democratic conversations in the digital equivalent of the entertainment sector. And that will lead to more, I guess, polarization uh, and a less legitimacy of democracy itself because it will amplify the more antisocial parts of democratic discourse rather than the pro-social part. And do you see any difficulties with transferring the Taiwan strategies to a place like the U.S.? I think the U.S. is now also considering digital public infrastructure, including broadband, uh, more widespread broadband in a universal access kind of way uh, that we proposed back in 2016. So I think we're broadly aligned on classifying digital public infrastructure as infrastructure. And we're also aligned on empowering the civil society, the social sector. After all, the Summit for Democracy includes the voices of the young people of people who were less empowered by more traditional representative democracy. You've spoken about increasing the bandwidth of democracy. Can you explain your concept of democracy? Sure. Um, so if we go to the voting booth and each person votes um, on one vote out of, say, eight different parties. That's just three bits of information mm -hmm. every four years. So not only it's very limited bandwidth-wise, it's also very long latency-wise. Mm -hmm. And uh, my imagination of democracy is a social technology, is an applied technology that lets people form shared goals in a continuous fashion and also amplify the innovation that deliver on those goals. In recognition of the achievements of Taiwan's president, Forbes magazine ranked Tsai Ing-wen at number nine in its list of the world's most powerful women. The U.S. publication highlighted Tsai's model leadership through the COVID-19 pandemic. Forbes noted that she became Taiwan's first female and unmarried president when she was elected in 2016. It also underlines that her re-election in 2020 was seen as a rebuke, rebuke to Beijing's efforts to control the island. Tsai moved up from 37th place in Forbes' list last year. At number one for 2021 is U.S. philanthropist Mackenzie Scott, the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. And in second place, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris.
A Hong Kong court on Thursday found publisher Jimmy Lai and two other pro-democracy activists guilty of inciting and taking part in an unlawful assembly. Lai, along with lawyer Chow Hang Tong and former journalist Gwyneth Ho, were convicted for their roles in allegedly organizing a June 4th vigil commemorating the Tiananmen Square massacre. The trio will be sentenced at a later date. Hong Kong has traditionally held the world's largest annual event to remember those killed by Chinese troops in 1989. But the last two vigils were banned by police, citing coronavirus restrictions. 74-year-old Lai, the founder of pro-democracy newspaper Apple Daily, is already serving 20 months in jail for his role in 2019 protests. Scores of pro-democracy figures have been arrested jailed or fled the Chinese-ruled territory since Beijing imposed a sweeping national security law last year. The winners of this year's National Award for Arts have been announced. National novelist Ping Lu won in the literature category, while independent filmmaker Huang Mingzhuan won the Visual Arts Award. Veteran Taiwanese actor and Golden Horse winner Sylvia Chang won in the film category. The National Award for Arts recognizes outstanding contributions to the arts in Taiwan. It was established in 1997 and has been presented every two years since 2015. NBA was the most searched word on the internet in Taiwan this year. That's according to a list published by Google. In second to fourth place were pandemic, vaccine booking, and 1922. 1922 is the hotline number for Taiwan's Center for Disease Control. It's also the government website for making a vaccine appointment. Observers say NBA likely took the top spot because the season's playoffs coincided with lockdown restrictions earlier this year. The most searched person of 2021 was badminton ace Dai Ziying. Dai took silver for Taiwan in the women's singles event at the Tokyo Olympics in August. Google's list covered searches from December 1st, 2020 to the end of November. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. We leave you with images of the centuries-old burning devil tradition in Guatemala to kick off this year's Christmas season. For more stories from Taiwan around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com. <laughs>